G'day folks, this is Shroom, your host for the Shroom Live podcast. Tonight, I've got a guest, his name is Jason Wilson, and he's going to be talking about chasing yellowfin brim in the Botany Bay, Georges River system. That's a system that's close to my heart, so I'm quite interested to see what he's got to say. He is an active brim tournament angler who likes to try new lures and techniques in his pursuit of refining his approach. He's also a father, but he still finds a time for our lovely sport. You know, so without further ado, let's welcome Jason to Shroom Live. G'day, Shroom. G'day, G'day, all the listeners. G'day, the followers. How are you going all right? I think they're going to be all right tonight, Jason. I think they've been frothing at the opportunity to listen to this podcast. I think a few people here especially have told me they've been looking forward to another Brim one. So, I got to put up my hand and say that I'm one of those people as well. So, let's just uh, basically just start off and just talk about, you know, Brim in general on what that species just means to you uh well thanks for having me first of all um with brim uh for a few years i've I've chased a lot of fish um and didn't necessarily know where i wanted to take my fishing um i've done a lot of fishing throwing a lot of different lures at them and 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 being quite successful and i think one day I, i i was going through the worm on youtube and and wanted and just seeing what was out there and I come across a, um, a ABT brim tournament uh, and I watched it and and seen the uh, seen the opportunities of, of all the different lures that they were throwing and all the different ways they were catching brim, whether it was uh, plastics, topwater, chubbies, uh, even micro swim baits as well, um, little flick baits. And, uh, and I, I had a talk with a few, uh, few of the guys that I, I work with um, down at Complete Angler there, and and they were um, they were really you know raving on that that a few of them had done a lot of brim fishing before. So uh, I ended up buying my first light tackle uh, spin combo and and getting out. And on the first session, I I did absolutely rubbish. But as as a fisher, you have those days, and um, and I just kept on coming back for more and and started getting the getting the technique down. And so the rest of history has just been really focusing on brim for there from there. So really enjoying it lately, actually. Yeah, you know, Jason, that just basically just indicates why a lot of people chase brim. They're not the easiest species to tempt, are they? On lures, it takes it takes a lot to get one. Patience is a virtue, mate. Um, absolutely, especially when it comes to brim. Uh, it is. Uh, I heard something one day where someone had said to me, if you think you're fishing slow, fish even slower. And uh, that's really stuck with me, uh, especially for brim. And that that, uh, that, that that made complete sense as to, you know, how some days they can be so finicky um, where you drop, your, you drop your leader from six pound down to, down to five, down to four, and even some days down to three. Uh, and they'll only bite on your three pound and bust you off 70% of the time. So... Yeah, it does get it does. Um, there is a lot of different ways and a lot of different techniques to chase them, and I think that's why I really enjoy it. Excellent, Jason. Look, uh, everything you touched on there, I really want to get straight into it. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to set the scene a little bit. I'm just going to ask you this question here, and it goes according to these lines. If someone was going to ask you to basically just 
summarize the type of angler that you are in terms of your approach, how would you describe that? Um, as long as I'm on the water, whether it be on the boat, land-based, um, I think fishing is good for the mind. Um, so the type of angler that I am is, mate, give me a rod and a reel and, I'll, and a, a, a place and a time and I'll be there. Um, doesn't matter what we're chasing, I'll, yeah, I'll be there for sure. What about in terms of, say, setting goals? Like I, I've heard from you, you told me that, you know, one day you set out, you know, a goal to catch a 50 centimeter mangrove jack. And then what's the story behind that? I'll let you explain. As you know, you go through YouTube, you go through the wormhole and you, and you see different types of fish that, 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 you know, that others are catching that, that really excite you. And um, I think I, I really want to catch uh, a trophy fish of each fish. Um, so when it comes down to it, uh, traveling is, is a big thing for me as well. So I love to travel to go catch a, a decent sized fish. Obviously, we live in the Sydney region, so I'm only in Western Sydney. So um we, we can, as being a father of a two-year-old, you can't really, you don't really travel all too often anymore. So, but, um, but yeah, trying to, um, uh, I guess, uh, get the best out of, out of every session that you can. Um, that's the type of fish show that I am and, uh, just go nail, nail a lot of different fish and, and with a lot of different techniques. That's, 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 that's what type of fish show I am. Yeah, I think the reason I brought that question up is because I think a lot of anglers share in the same sentiments. They are anglers that like to travel. I mean, who doesn't like going to a new spot, casting into waters unfamiliar to oneself? It's got to be one of the most exciting feelings. And also in fishing, you can sort of take the sport in whatever direction that you really want to take it in. So whether it's through enjoyment or, you know, I want to, I want to tick off this species. I want this particular species at this size, if you know you've caught that before. One thing that I really enjoy about fishing is that you use your knowledge. You use your own knowledge that you, everyone has their own upbringing to fishing and um, you use your own knowledge to go out and target a certain species. And if you can, you know, you can confidently say, look, we're going out and catching, whether it be brim, snapper, jewfish, doesn't matter, but that's what we're going for today and you can land you know that that particular fish using the technique that you know then then you know that you, you it gives you a good feeling in the inside that you know you've um, you've done well yeah i think so i i just want to say that it doesn't even matter what sort of species that you want to tick off i can remember not too long ago i hadn't caught a bonito in my life and i finally did it and most people think that that's just not a fish that should be on anyone's sort of achievement list. But yeah, to me, it, it mattered. It meant something. It was just, yeah. it was yeah. just a, I don't know. I, I was going to say bundle of joy, but you know, you apply that to a two year old yeah. baby rather than to a fish, but <laughs> well, it was a t torpedo of joy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then you get a photo with it, you know, and then it, it creates a memory at the end of the day. So, um, and I think that's another thing that, that, the fishing is good for is 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 mem you know creating memories so um yeah that that's that's what i enjoy all right next question i'm going to ask you what your last fishing trip was all about uh, i told you about this one a couple of weeks ago um so a few weeks ago we went down to me my partner and my kid 
Uh, we needed to get out of Sydney. So we went down to Lake Eildon um, with my eyes set on a Murray Cod. Um, a lot of things went wrong and not a lot yeah. went right on that trip. Um, and I'm not even talking about the fishing. Um, I was going there with the expectation of not really, you know, getting even a buff from a Murray Cod. Um, so on the way down, uh, we got to about Gippsland and my car started uh, conking it. And, um, like playing up. Oh, that's no good. No, we got down to Packenham and the car broke down in Packenham. So uh, I come across a few mechanics that weren't willing to look after, like, weren't willing to help out. We were stranded. Um, yeah. There was, there was this one mob, um, they're called SEDS, S-E-D-S, in Packenham. Absolute bunch of legends. Um, he asked me a couple of questions and said, yep, I know what's wrong with it. And uh, five minutes later, he had my car uh, fixed and ready to go. So um, he said he wants my awesome, car. Jason. Yeah, he said he wanted my car for another hour or so to do whatever he needed to do. I and uh, at the end of the day, he didn't charge me for it. So he just said, "Enjoy your holiday." So I was I was fist pumping with that one. Um, we ended you know up what, getting- Jason? Before you go on. Who were they again? Let's give them a shout out here on the podcast for, you know, doing the, the right thing. Oh, uh, shouts to Richard and the boys at SEDS, S-E-D-S, Southeast Diesel Specialists. Um, absolute legends. Um, we would have been up the creek without a paddle um, for that uh, in that instance, but they came to the rescue and, and uh, mate, those boys know what they're doing. So if you're ever down those ways and you've got a diesel car, mate, take it to them. I wouldn't take it to anywhere else in that in that area, um, but yeah. But uh, other than that, we got to uh, we got to Eildon. Um, finally got there. Uh, where the next day we went sightseeing. Uh, that night I went for a fish. Um, then came back, uh, had a had to eat, sleep, and refreshed. Got a bit more refreshed, and then went out the next morning. Um, went to launch the boat and. There's a cord, the, the the cord that you you hold on to to pull it back to the to to the jetty or the ramp, um, ended up snapping and my boat started floating out into the middle of the river. Oh, spewing! Oh, mate, don't even get me started. And um, uh, so I was knee deep into Lake Eildon, um, <laughs> retrieving in the middle of winter, trying to retrieve my boat back. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't uh, fun. But you know, uh, it's only how did that feel like? Just oh. you're, you're now suddenly going into unknown waters with big fish, unknown it was, depths. Oh, it was it wasn't necessarily like um, like the unknown waters, like unknown fish. It was just how cold it was because it's like middle oh, of winter yes. in Victoria. The temperature high oh, of dude. the water is unbelievable. Oh, the dude, coldness, freezing. So did that. Um, uh, ended up like electricing myself out to the middle of the, the river uh, and to make myself a coffee, just chilled until like first light started coming. Um, and uh, ended up when going to start my motor with the pull cord and on the third pull, the um, motor cord had snapped. <sighs> Can't catch a break. So uh, that was pretty much, uh, that was pretty much like, the worst thing 
Um, yeah. I, I ended up double uniing the cords together. So Oh, perfect. Great. Because I'm a brim, the brim guy, I had a pair of yeah. um, uh, those Samaki, um, Samaki like hook removers you can get yep. now nowadays. Um, I'll, I'll do an FG on the cord though. <laughs> oh mate, you, I, I'm, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Um, but the uh, there wasn't enough cord there to do an FG shroom. Um, yeah, I, I wish I, I probably would have. That's my go-to knot actually. <laughs> but um, the double uni came in handy that day, and um, and yeah, so that put me back a little bit, and I ended up jimmying it up, um, and the retractor broke as well in the motor for where the cord to retract the cord back in that broke. So I had to manually yeah. retract. Uh, the cord back into the motor and then pull it. And if it didn't work, I had to retract it again and pull it again. Uh, so that was very uh, tedious to have to do all day long. Um, and I only, I did not get to any spots that I had marked on the map that I wanted to go. Um, yeah. I ended up having to stay in and around the boat ramp. Um, I think I went into Taylor Bay um, down there and, uh, Fish the fish the sticks, but yeah, I didn't travel too far from the boat ramp, unfortunately. But uh, other than no, that, no, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't I've, have. You, you should be avoiding standing under trees as well. By the sounds of it, you uh, might get struck by lightning with your luck. Oh, dude, it was trouble. It was the, one of the one of the worst trips I've ever had. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> looking to get out for for a fish, hopefully tomorrow uh, with my yep. mate Adrian. And uh, we're going to chase, going to go down to down the coast and chase some kings. So excellent. But to to to, re- to redeem myself, <laughs> yeah, Jason. I hope that trip goes much better. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. definitely, hundred percent. All right, next question. We're going to start heading into the brim sort of talk yep. now. So, yep. I, I think what I want to do is ask you a little bit about your tournament brim fishing experience. Would you like to talk a little um, bit about that? So, I didn't necessarily want to go into a tournament without knowing what to do. Um, and um, so, it was one of those things that I hadn't been fishing for Brim for too long before I got a whiff of the, the, the tournaments. So, I ended up going out more and more often and started getting used to it. And I just started, I think you're a big, actually, inspiration um, for, 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 for how to chase brim on plastics and, um, uh, watching your YouTube a lot, um, watching a few other people as well. So, um, but just getting the gist of what to do, uh, what to throw, um, where to throw it and, um, doing a lot of like research as well on the internet, reading forums and, and going from there. So I ended up starting doing pretty good, like catching brim, uh, you know, just on, just just on plastics like a little two and a half inch grub that was pretty much and a, and the minnow so you got your your your, your little um, your slim swims and then your your bait junkie minnows came out as well um, so I was just throwing those around and 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 hitting brim quite quite frequently um, uh, the gulp shrimp and the gulp crabbies were doing doing pretty good for me as well so um, so me and my mate Adrian we actually entered in one year uh, about not this season's comps, uh, last season. Our first comp was a Hawkesbury comp and um, we ended up catching uh, one fish uh, which was not legal. We ended up just, re- we had to release it obviously. So 
we went back in with a donut and uh, found out from a few other people that it was pretty difficult that day. But just to be around that atmosphere, just having a chat with a few of the blokes, I think it's it's um it's such a good atmosphere. All the boys, you know, um, just just a good yarn, just a, just a good chat. Um, it's such a good atmosphere there, so I really 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 enjoy it. And then we did the botany comp um, a few uh, weeks, uh, about a month after that. And then, um, from there, um, uh, throughout the summer, so the winter had ended and then throughout the summer, we kind of just, uh, focused on brim, uh, like brim style, like tournament style fishing. So seven till two, uh, fishing assist, picking a system and fishing it for brim and seeing how we went. And, um, over the summer we did all right. Um, but then we, we kind of started realizing that winter brim and summer brim aren't the same thing. So um, we, we were in a bit of a pickle. So we had to really ref, refine our technique again um, to, 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 chase, to chase brim in a tournament style. Um, and this season we're actually doing pretty good. Uh, uh, so shouts to Adrian for that, for, for being my teammate and sticking with us. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question about would you like to elaborate on the differences between summer and winter brim yeah. and what you've learned? Absolutely. Um, so I think um, uh, obviously you, the, the difference would be the water temperature. Um, I think that's the biggest difference that, that really affects brim, the behavior, um, which, which, you know, uh, lures you're going to be throwing at them. I think a big thing that I believe in as well is um, matching the hatch. Um, and I think one of the the, the topics that um, that I wanted to bring up was um, over the next three months is the probably one of my favourite times to chase brim um, because we're starting to get out of winter. Uh, we're going to be getting out of winter and into spring. So naturally, the 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 when I say match the hatch, when spring comes around, all the, the it's prawn season as well. So what you're looking at is just throwing prawns all all day, all day, um, and and hopefully uh, if you if you put them in the right area um, and, and and are patient enough, um, you, you'll you'll stick a you'll stick a good brim. Yeah, awesome. I'm definitely gonna start throwing more prawns as we head into into spring so currently we're still pretty much oh i wouldn't say we're at the tail end of winter but it's sort of still middle-ish by the Mm. feels of the temperature in the air and like you said the water is pretty cold right now i can i can attest to that um now yep (laughs) that cold water in the fresh i'm just thinking about a trip that i've had so i I mean i can't stand the cold water i mean it's so bad that i've had to bring it up (laughs) Get your thermals out, Shroom. Get your thermals out. Yeah. <laughs> let's um let's move on and talk a little bit about the Georges River and the Botany Bay system. At least in terms of like how you see it in terms of you know how to approach the target of brim. It all comes down to the weather. So if you've been really, uh, I think the whole Botany Bay Georges River. Um, and it even even counts towards your Sydney Harbour and Parramatta River system as well, uh, because they're almost very similar systems in regards to how they're shaped um, or the way they're structured. So you've got George's River, which is naturally a dirtier system. Um, so when whenever I fish 
uh, or I did, you know, I'm pre-fishing or I decide to do a session in, in that system. Um, I'm always taking into consideration the weather leading up to it. Um, if it hasn't been raining, then there's all the more chance that I'll pop into the Georges. Um, so you've got Como, uh, you've got um, Oatly, you've got all, you've got a gazillion of one um, jetties that, that Brim really, really enjoy hanging off. Um, and I can tell you right now that there is some big brim in the Georges River system because the bait that, that goes through there um, to, to, to get out of to get out of botany and to hide away, um, the brim are really, really healthy in that system. And uh, I've come up, I've come across some really big brim, really big fish in there, whether uh, not only just brim, but um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go up as far as um, so the Bridget, even the Bridget Como Pleasure Grounds there is really good. Um, you got a lot of you got a lot of a lot of uh, structure that 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 really uh, hold uh, that are really healthy and hold hold fish. So um, just depends on you know what time I guess what time of the year and just leading up to to the the days there. Um, I guess really really help the fishing. Yeah, I find yeah most definitely the Georges River is a little bit more turbid. Uh, than the Parramatta River system, it's got that, it's got that mud mixed in. I, s- I sort of understand it as it just seems to narrow a bit quicker. But I do see a lot of similarities with the upper Parramatta River system as the Georges. Now, um, I think Como is still pretty pretty nice. Usually, if you haven't had much rain, it's got that green tinge. Uh, another like, I guess it's naturally like. If you come out of George's River, like if you're in George's River, it's still a very murky system. But if you get into Botany, that's when you start getting that nice, clear blue water. Um, and same, same with that Parramatta to Sydney Harbour system as well. Um, so you could really, ref- you could really use the same technique for both systems. Well, that, that's what I do, and I, I, I do pretty well. So, yep. Do you do you fish all the way up to the weir in the Georges? I have actually. Um, Do you enjoy uh, it there? Um, I I have fished at Liverpool train station just down from that. Um, yeah, I've caught I've caught a few shopping trolleys. Uh, have a my my I haven't been able to pull one in yet, but um, but yeah, <laughs> I um, I, I my first time actually down there, I I I seen a a, a kid was fishing uh, with bread on a on a treble, um. And he was fishing for mullet, and he ended up pulling out like a forty-three forker uh, brim. And I, I just seen this brim one day, and I was like, it was thick, like it was. Uh, and I hadn't seen anything like it before in my life. So, um, it was just, I guess, it was one of those uh, really eye openers how big brim can actually get, and they 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 do go all the way down as far as like the weir. It's it's um that's why I think George's is. You know, probably a, a like a a a, a, re, a a system that has really good potential. Yeah. What about in terms of the Botany Bay sort of area then? Um, so Botany Bay, uh, again, 
so much structure there, dude. Like heaps of structure. Like you go, you got out the front of Cooks River. You go all the way down to San Susie. You got all those rock walls. Um, you go all the way over the other side. You've got Tierra Flats. You go all the way over the other side again. Uh, you've got the port there. Um, foreshore boat ramp even holds some big brim around there. Um, you've got you know places like um, Molino Point. Uh, even if you go out to um, I guess just off of the um, the out the front of the sanctuary the sanctuary zone there. Um, there's 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 some wicked flats. There's some wicked weed beds that just hold some massive massive brim, and they're in numbers all through there. And if you can throw the right lure at the right time um, and find what they're eating, you're in for a big day on the brim. Yeah, awesome. I think uh, that sets the tone for the next question, which is on lures. Yeah. So what sort of lures do you recommend throwing? Oh, I don't think it's a recommendation of what I recommend throwing. Um, I think it's more a recommendation of what you need to carry with you. Um, and you need, with Brim, what I've found is you need to carry everything everything from vibes you need to carry obviously your soft plastics so two and a half inch minnows two and a half inch grubs um uh if you find yourself at a weed bed you know um have a prawn imitation lure um tucked in there so your mmd uh splash prawn so top water osp bent minnows uh little chubbies if you the thing is with brim that i've noticed is brim everywhere um Brim everywhere. Obviously, they're going to be more tucked up into structure, but I've caught brim in the middle of nowhere. Um, on the most random day, I was just throwing the lure, wasn't catching anything, and, and then hit a brim, and then ended up um, just fishing. Uh, that, that that really taught me a lot about brim, is that they're absolutely everywhere. you just got to really find out what they're eating. And once you do, once you can find that out, um, then you, you, you've really – you just keep throwing that all day long. So um, – yeah, change, chop and change your lures. Um, if you're land-based, obviously, just keep casting, keep casting. If you don't find that you're getting a bite within 20 to 30 minutes, uh, dare say chuck on something different um, and chuck that for another 20, 30 minutes and just see what they're biting. And I think that that's, yep. that's the best way to go about um, fishing fishing for brim across yeah, the I board, really. I think maybe really. a good way to go about this is to just, you know, like you said, the list of brim lures could be pretty inexhaustive like you just you don't know how many there are so maybe just just name one of each type that you recommend or that you think um, would be considered mandatory for a for a brim angler oh good question um the baby shrimp uh from gulp um mandatory um cranky crab absolutely yep. mandatory um uh, OSP bent minnow in the chart pink color, I think it's called, um, or the pearl, yeah. uh, or either of those. Um, so yeah, that I guess they're they're the three that I'll always have with me every every time I go out. I go through at least like seven packets of those gulp shrimps. Um, uh, wow, each session seven packs. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Ask, ask Adrian, mate. We, we, Those we toadies <laughs> in yeah. Sydney, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- just leather jackets, mate. Get to them. And when yeah. you're really fishing them slow, because um, we, we, 
we've really refined our technique on those as well, just fishing them super slow, and that's what helps us get the bite. Uh, we yeah. tend to find that they get bitten. Um, get get the plastic's not not that good, but you're catching fish, so that that at the end of the yeah. day, that's the goal. I think uh, at this stage, I want to go through each of those lures, and of course, within you know whatever you're comfortable sharing on how you like to use you know, get the most out of the technique and the sorts of structure that you'd like to throw them at? Absolutely. Um, so I'll start with the gop shrimp, uh, probably my favorite to throw around. Um, uh, just on like a 16, a 1 16th, depending on the depth um, and the, um, the the current. Um, a wind as well is a big one. So I'll either chuck it on a 1 12th, 1 16th or a 1 20th um, to get. Um, sometimes even a 1 16th or a 1 28th hidden weight as well yeah um and uh, i like to really fish them super slow so i can throw them um mostly anywhere and everywhere um they they tend to do pretty well for me um another thing uh, i think a little tip that i i've i've really managed to to nail in as well is a lot of the time when you're fishing a grub um or a little minnow plastic you, you you're twitching up um with the with a prawn, you, what you want to do is twitch to the side, um, yeah, because it just it, it creates a more natural presentation uh, and a natural action for a prawn, um, and that 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 there everything uh, natural uh, presentations is everything when it comes to flick and lures, and I think that's where that um, you know you, you're twitching to the side instead of up. Like I always ask myself, like whenever you have, whenever have ever you seen a prawn shoot up in the water column and I, you know and it's not too natural in my opinion so that's where that side twitch comes into it yeah so about that i was gonna ask you so obviously being a really big you know gulp prawn user mm. what do you think about the uh i'm just the name just escaped my mind here but the premium eco gear brim prawn that's sort of very similar plastic so has that has that well, been something you've looked at before and what are your thoughts on that absolutely um and it's works super well for us as uh, it's another thing that i have in my tackle box for sure um with like a size one um uh worm worm hook a size one worm hook from bkk uh yep. the really thin gauge stuff and um and the the white uh the white speck um and I asked uh, someone, why does this work so well? And they've actually responded because it looks like bird poo. Um, and I, I, I kind of like took it for a second. And one day I was on the water. Um, I can't remember if I was in botany, but a bird come and like did a poo right next to me and it hit the water and a fish has come up and whacked it. And it all just made sense. So yeah. um, I went out and bought a packet of those. But yeah, those do really well as well. Um, I know Steve Morgan um, does uh, has actually uh, flogged the um, the odds open this year and won it um, on that uh, lure alone. So, yeah, that's awesome. I I have something to add. So, Reed Mogridge, uh, you know, previous guest on the Shroom Live, uh, he was talking about some big brim down in Adelaide, and. He basically said that he throws white lures under trees uh, because mm. of that same reason that you said, bird poop. And he has also seen big 
Brim come up and hit it. So there is some truth to that belief there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't believe it. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And then uh one day I actually seen it in the flesh. I seen it happening. And um and I, I just I was yeah, amazed. I I didn't really expect it. So I ended up trying that technique. Um where did I try it? Uh I think it was at the back of the marina in it was in Botany actually, so as you come out of Tom Ugly's and you turn yep. left, um, there's the big marina sitting there. So ended up trying it in that real shallow water and it just fluttering down and, and seeing some big silver thing come up and absolutely wallop it and it was a, a decent, you know, mid thirties brim. So yeah, they, they definitely catch fish too. I definitely have to employ this technique. There's plenty of bin chickens out in Sydney, so they certainly they certainly excrete their fair amount of these white puddles. Yeah, let's just call it burly for us for us lure fishers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next lure. What was the next one? I think you said it was a cranker crab. The cranker crab. Um, so cranker crab, in my opinion, number one best hard body lure in Australia. Um, for brim, hands down. I think the way that uh, Steve Steer has really engineered this one. Um, he's done it to a T. Uh, you can chuck it on any pylon and let it flutter down and just thread your line out, thread your line out, thread your line out and just um, just wind your brim on. Um, they've got really uh, YS25 um, decoy. I think it's decoy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but decoy hooks, so really thin gauge. So it's always good if you've got like a really slow taper rod using a cranker crab. Um so you don't pull hooks, which I've done on many occasions. But, um, yeah, in my opinion, the uh, Cranker Crab is probably the hands down the best, one of the best brim lure on the market. Would you fish them in open water or is it basically just dropping it down along pylons and sort of free-spooling it and loading on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you say free water, like I'm always using my sounder, so always reading what's underneath me. Um, I use Navionics, so as a you know a, a bit of a, a spot finder for when I'm not on the water. Um, I'm always always trying to find something new, um, new places that may hold brim. Um, there was a, a Costa competition, a Costa comp brim comp a few years back, and a guy jumped on Navionics and found a reef in the middle of Botany and ended up taking uh, winning it fishing there both days all day and ended up winning it on the cranky crab so um when you say open water absolutely just depends on if you know there's definitely got to be structure there and you know finding something um finding something that's around but as i said before brim it everywhere i wouldn't necessarily throw it in the middle of nowhere because there's a low chance that you know a brim is going to take something in the middle of nowhere so i'm more throwing it around structure but that's just my technique what about uh, your opinion? I guess uh, this, this, you know, the the mus the muscle lure that's got to be some sort of a similar stock. I mean, it's a completely different lure in design yes. and how it yep. works. But the sorts of locations one would utilize that would be very similar. So you'd you'd yep. go the cranker crab. Is that um, your so we viewpoint? get so at complete angler we get um, outback outback brimmer baits uh, the mus from them. And uh, I know there's uh, Dane uh, Tomaszewski. I I can't pronounce his name for the life of me, but he's he's a real big avid uh, user of the 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 mus. And um, 
go check out his YouTube too. So Zeus Fishing. Um, but uh, he's a real big user of those, and he does really well on them. Um, I've I have done uh, I have caught a few brim on the mus, and I think it's a very similar technique to brim uh, for the for to with then cranker crabs. But when it comes down to you know um, that particular lure, I, I'm not really you won't find too many of them in my tackle box. Um, I'll put one on if I do see, you know, a pylon that's got um, plenty of plenty of like um, like plenty of muscles, uh, like uh, indentations on them. So I'll throw it in there, and um, and hopefully, you know, pick one off of a, a pylon using it. But other than that, I'm I'm more I'm more devoted to the cranky crab than anything. Yeah. Any specific colours of the cranky crab that you prefer? No, not really. Um, depends on where I'm fishing and how deep. Like I'll use the UV if I'm fishing, you know, twenty meters. Um, uh, say at uh, Hawkesbury so, so, on the on the bridge pylon uh, there, or or if I'm fishing out at Sandringham Bay, I'm using the the sandy color. Um, yep. You know, if I'm fishing out at um, Molino Point, uh, then I'll use the um, I'll use the 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 green uh, motor oil color. Um, so it just comes down to, you know, where you're fishing. I don't really have a, a specific color that I'll always use. Yeah. What about along the Georges? Yep. Um, again, I think that, I think that, um, that green color, um, yep. uh, the thing, I don't, I can't remember where it's called motor there's oil. A, there's a green one called olive that I like. Olive. That's the color. Olive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I, I, that, I think that's a lot of, uh, bread and butter, yep. uh, color ranges for, for, for a lot of lures, um, that like motor oil, uh, olive kind of color. Um, and I think that that naturally works, works better in like your darker water, um, around bridge pylons. I'm a big fan of using that, uh, UV. So yep. with the, the purple, with the orange nippers, um, just something about that off color, the orange really turns them on. Um, it gets the bite for me, but um, yeah, I, I'll throw I'll throw all different colours to find out what they're going to eat and um, and go from there. Yeah, I mean there might be some truth to that coloration along the Georges. I can tell you at least around maybe for the for the majority of it, but I know definitely around say Como Lagano, you've got those orange clawed crabs. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've actually and, yeah, those brim crack those crabs hard if you can get a live one. Yeah, for sure. I, I've actually just purchased like um, a few of the bigger models, so the sixty-five mil and the nine and a half right. gram. Um, I was hoping to use them tomorrow, uh, but my mates canned the Hawkesbury um, oh. brim brim session because the tides are the tides are pretty crazy there at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I think that's what I'm going to be uh, throwing to see if that. Um, if the brimmer are more inclined to hit the sixty-five mil cranker crab uh, yep. over over the uh, the fifty mil, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And I'll get back. I'll let you know. Yeah, I mean they might be a bit scared, scared of the crab. Well, they, the crab might bite back. Yeah, well they say big baits get big fish, but um, and elephants eat peanuts. So, um, yeah. but uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out on the sixty-five mil. I reckon. Also, obviously, this is unrelated because we're talking about Georges and the botany system, but 
what do you mean by the tides are a bit crazy in the Hawkesbury? So from my understanding, I think without checking the tides, top of my head, I think we're getting a high in the just a, around 11 maybe tomorrow, roughly, and it's only about a 1.5. But at night, it's about 2.1, I think. So it's a much higher. It's about a one and a half meter difference between tides. So, so the change is going to be huge. Yeah. So the water is completely running. Um, on and I've checked the tide for comp. So we've got a comp there at the end of the month. Um, shout out to East Coast Brim Series. Um, but we've got a comp there at the end of the month. So me and my mate Adrian, we're we're just pre-fishing it at the moment and just finding a few spots. Um, finding what works, finding what they're eating, finding what doesn't work, um, and really just kind of like narrowing it down. So then on comp day, we've got a really good plan. But um, the, the 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 water, so the tide difference on comp day is about nine hundred mil, um, and the tide difference tomorrow is like one point five um, meters difference. So um, yeah, we 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 figured we'd uh, skip the session tomorrow. Because if we did find a bunch of fish tomorrow, and it, it may be a bit different on comp day when we went back, so it's just one of those things that we 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 um we really want to try and uh, fish the right um I guess the right uh, conditions uh, similar to comp day to try and find where the fish are going to be sitting. Um, you know, just I guess. I guess just as a pre-fish, how pre-fish works, but that's that's pretty much what we do. Just go around and try and scan up some fish, try and try and see what they're eating, um, and then move on to the next spot and go from there. So, but at the same time, we're always enjoying our fishing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you explained it like that, uh, because it, now it puts into context what you mean by that, as in it's not going to give you indicative results or in, an indicative idea of what you could expect on competition oh, day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but obviously you, you're not, you're basically, you're not saying that you wouldn't catch a fish. You're just saying that they're going to be in a different area and there's a big reason why that would be plausible. Well, we don't necessarily want to be thrown off. And if we're going to be catching, say, brim, um, uh, say in the racks um, uh, on a 1.5 meter difference, they may not be there um, when the tide's a 900 mil difference. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. All right, next lure type, I think it was a surface or a couple of surface lures. You see MMD splash prawns and the OSP um, bent, bent minnow. So, yeah, just I mean, I mean, over the next few months, as I said, um, you're looking at spring and that's when the prawns come out. So, um, and top water is one of those things you you throughout the warmer seasons you always you always have in your tackle box um so kind of like mixing the two so prawns and top water just kind of go um and osp bent me you know you you uh we um i think it's probably one of the better top water lures on the market for brim and it's super super fun to go and chase anything anything doesn't matter what it is um to chase any any fish on top water so um it's and it's probably the the warmer seasons is the better time to go chase them too. So yeah, there's something about tying on a bent minnow puts a smile on my face. Oh, yeah, every every day and just watching it get walloped as well. So 
yeah, that's that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Would you throw it in the winter, or it's probably too low a percentage play? Look, I actually seen I seen somebody the other day pull out a forty four forker in the harbour on a top water, and it got me thinking. Like, um, and I just I guess I, I was looking around, you know, in the background, the photos as to like what 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 kind of structure they were throwing it around. Um, so the um, it just looked like it was like a, a like a jetty or a, or a, f- a bit of a, like a the, the fish markets or something like that. Um, maybe where boats boats are moored up against and they're sitting high in the water column underneath underneath these pontoons. So I don't know. I might I might actually give that a go. I might might test that out one morning and and see if they see if they come on the bite on top water during winter. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see for that one as well. Yeah, my understanding is that it, it's it's uh, possible, but the window is very small, and also, yeah. you if it's a big brim, you don't want to waste too many chances presenting a bait that it's unsure of. It's mm. you're only going to have a look, and then it's going to move on. Yeah, definitely. There's not enough hours in the day. Let's just say that's yeah. true. Yeah, to go for a yeah. fish. <laughs> How would you work those lures? You want to work them, I guess, pretty quickly. Um, uh, with your your splash prawn, I like giving it three little twitches, um, so it like kick, it has a bit of a kick, kick around on the top of the water because so it'll you, splash. So you get a bit of a walk, just like a three, and it just sort of and then walks yeah, a just tiny bit. Yeah, and then just pause it, um, and I'll tend to come up behind it and or from underneath and and, and have a go at it. Um, so, but in saying that, you, you change it up. So you go one. You can you can really just um, work it quickly, work it slow, work it with a bit of um, uh, a bit of a, a, a different technique every cast or whatever the case may be. You 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 you're really in it to try and snare that bite, and you want to do as much as you can. Um, in regards to like your OSP bent minnow, um, I like working them super quickly. So. Um, cause they'll jump around and they'll go spazzo, um, across the top of the water. Um, if you're working it over a drop off, I like to pause it on top of that drop off or just before it gets to the drop off. Cause you're either got a brim sitting on the drop off or a, a brim sitting on the flat and they're either, either or they're going to come up, um, an opportunity to try and, um, they'll either see it or don't want to miss out and they'll, they'll hit it. So that that's that's my technique in regards to the OSP bent minnow. You're always really just twitching your rod really quickly as you're winding, and it just bounces all over the shot and makes an absolute, um, uh, it makes an absolute scene. And yeah, all the more chance Brim can't hesitate it and just come up and 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 hook themselves. Yeah, that's interesting. That lure, everyone's got a different technique. Yeah, Have right. you noticed I, that some people use it slow? That's I, I'm a slow, slow twitcher for the yeah. for the vents. Yeah, I like. And then there's it. others like which do. It. Yeah, they smash it with erratic, sharp, hard twitches. Yeah, at the same time, I'll, I'll always I'll change it up. So if my the fast erratic twitches like isn't working, um, I'll turn into that slow twitcher every yeah. day of the week, um, just to change it up. And then if that isn't working, um, then and I know there's fish there. Um, then uh, there's all the more chance I'll just I'll whack on like a, a lightly weighted soft plastic um, and fish under under the top water. So 
um, or even I'll chuck on like a little uh, uh, shallow diving chubby um, and, uh, you know, and slow roll that and, and see if they're going to, they're going to come up and, 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 and hit that. All right, moving on. Is there maybe just one more lure type that you'd like to go over, whether it be a plastic or a diver, like a chubby? What will you see in my tackle box right now? What will you see? Look, you can't go past the two and a half inch grub. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. That's a good <laughs> solid lure. You, 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 you're very Gets experienced. Runs on the board. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, it's it's. I think it's just a it's a bread and butter lure for a lot of fishers fishers. So, um, you know, uh, lightly weighted, heavily weighted, doesn't matter. It'll it dances around, it does its thing, it catches brim. Um, so yeah, two and a half inch, two and a half inch grub, or sometimes uh, in the winter time as well. So I noticed that a lot of different little minnows, uh, seeing like a little a lot of um, uh, those um, white bait. Um, come out and I think they're feeding on a lot of different bits of white bait. So, um, yeah, I'll chuck out two and a half inch minnows a lot too and, and do pretty good on those. So, um, yeah, it's just all about matching the hatch at the same time. So well, if you can get that yeah. down and what they're reading at what times of the year, just take a little note down. I caught this fish on this day um, on this lure and then just chuck it. Chuck it in the back of your car and 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 – and then uh, just continue writing down what you've caught on what lure at what time of the year. And I think once you start getting a bit of a, an understanding, you go back through, yeah, sweet, all right, yep, they're eating this at this time, they're eating this at this time. You can really um, tailor your uh, your lures to, to fit your session at what uh, different times of the year. So, Yeah, excellent. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about conditions, mm. you know, conditions that may or may not affect how brim might bite on any particular day. So, you know, the main ones being tide, for example, rainfall, I think that's a pretty big one for me. Yep. yep. And then there's others which may not, may or may not make a difference, barometric pressure, wind, moon phase. Look, my ideal day um, out on the water, um, my ideal day out on the water would probably be just a hint of wind, probably a little bit higher um, maybe about 10, 10, 15 Ks. I wouldn't mind 15 Ks at all. Like that, that, that there, in my opinion, really helps, uh, the water move. Um, and if, as the saying goes, no run, no fun. So I'm a massive fan of that. Um, I actually heard on a podcast a while ago, I cannot remember who for the life of me, um, but they turned around and said that they were casting 90 degrees to the wind and retrieving it 90 degrees uh, from the wind. So if the wind was going this way, they were casting out either that way or, or the opposite way. And um, and every time they did that, they were getting the bite. So the wind, a little bit of wind really helps the water move, especially down in the basin. Um, and even in places like um, down, in, down in Como, if you've got your, your northerly, um, yeah, you, you're looking all right for a good brim session. You've got a westerly. Um, you could probably, you, you you probably don't want to be, th- uh, you know, throwing lures around Como. You probably want to duck around into the into the harbour, into Botany and and fish the fish San Susie. Um, uh, bit cloudy. Uh, over overcast is probably my ideal day as well. Um, 
kind of helps the the whole top water thing, and you can kind of set up your day um, revolving around starting with a bit of top water, and then as the sun comes up, you want to, I guess, go down further in the water column. Um, I don't mind a bit of rain either. I, I actually enjoy a bit of bit of rain on the water. Um, I just feel sometimes it gets the bite if it's scattered showers as well. So it turns on and then turns off and then turns on and then turns off. Um, I'll tend to fish like you, you're just above a drop-off. So just before the drop-off, uh, you tend to find that you, your brim will come up off the drop-off and, and, and smack a bait as it's coming over the top of it. Um, so I'm only fish. I'll only fish in like maybe two meters of water when it rains, and that really helps me. So, um, but yeah, that, what that's, about rainfall in the previous couple of days? Then I'll, I'll tend to what I'll do is I'll stick around that clear of water. Um, so if it's been like torrential, then um, I'll head out into I'll, I'll head more closer to botany. Uh, and into like your deeper water, like Molino Point. Um, there's that little bloody, what do you call it, Trevally Alley. Um, yep. That uh, that that's got a really nice rock wall all the way around to the beach. Uh, you can just fish that and pepper that with uh, with like your, your gulp crabs or, or a cranker crab, and 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 lose fifty of them like I have down there. Um, if I was a scuba <sighs> diver. If I was a scuba diver, mate, I'd be making millions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so if, if it's been raining all the way up, you know, to, to the day you want to go fishing, then I'd probably more look to, to fish your, your, um, your, your clearer water than anything, a bit more deeper. But if it's like scattered, it's not too heavy, it's light, then I, I, I'm more than happy to fish that shallower water as well. Yeah, I, I, I find... If there's been a bit too much rain, the 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 Georges fishes completely differently. It just do you fish do you fish deeper or do you fish more shallow after that? Very curious. I, I fish deeper and most definitely towards the clearer clearer waters yep. down towards the bay. Mm. I find that once you're up river, yeah, it can be shut down for kilometers. Just yeah. complete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't find the word. It's like a it's like a desert, yeah. a desert river. There's yeah. nothing in. The, I mean, there's obviously fish in there, but it feels as though you're by yourself, and there's not a not not a specimen of your intended quarry out there for you to catch. No, that's it. That's it. I think when it comes down to it, I think it's just locating and understanding. If you were a fish and you were a salt water predominant, and there was a lot of fresh water on the top, where would you want to be? Um, and I think if you can ask that and answer that question uh, with a cracker theory behind it um, that makes sense, then then you'll be able to find find fish after it's rained. So, um, but yeah, that's my theory behind it, anyways. What about tide? I don't think we mentioned anything about that. My opinion, uh, uh, in regards to tides, um, I'm a bit opposite about people's theories on tides. Um, obviously, being a tournament angler, I want to go out and catch the biggest brim that I possibly can. Um, so, a, a theory that I've come up with is like um, uh, big brim leave last. So. On a run in tide, I'll actually be fishing the deeper water um, under boat holes and a lot of bridge pylons. 
Um, and then on a run out tide, I'll actually be fishing the flats, which it, does, it sometimes doesn't make sense. Um, obviously, a run out tide, like the very bottom of the tide, that's when I'll start heading out towards that deeper water. But running, coming up to that, um, I guess, where the run, the water is almost run out or getting close to it, I'll still be flicking in like uh, a foot, maybe two up to a meter of water um searching for that big brim that has just hung around there and 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 that that, that's my theory and it's worked for me so big brim leave last um and the same for the run-in uh i'll always be fishing deeper water all the way up until the top top of the tide um when it's slacked off i feel as if that's when they've moved up and they start eating um in the shallows or in the towards the, the the bank i like that theory was there any specific like sort of experience that made you sort of feel that way or is it just sort of seemingly just one day it sort of just matched your experiences? Um, so me and Adrian um, were fishing a bunch of mangroves um, and we got so caught up in how many big brim we were actually catching uh we actually got stuck um where we were uh because we were fishing this little section that was cut off by a a a, a sandbank uh, we ended up because i only had like a little 370 tinny we ended up pulling our boat pretty like out of uh, out of trouble but um we're actually fishing the low tide in really shallow water um and we were just banging big, like big brim, and I'm talking like mid 30s up, um, in this one particular spot. And then it just kind of like, how were we catching so many big brim in the uh, on a low tide in super shallow water? Like, how was that? Um, and I kind of come up with that theory. I tried it again, and it worked in a completely different spot. And then I tried it again, and then I just kind of like stuck to that theory ever since. Um, and it's really worked for me in, in, and especially botany, like you've got places like, um, you've got places like Como as you come around the corner from the bridge. Um, there's a really good uh, fishing spot, land base there um, that you can go to the bridge uh, and then walk around and it's got a really nice flat and if you fish there on a low tide and specifically target brim um, I've seen some big brim get pulled out pulled out of that specific spot too so um, so that, that that's just an example as to like you know um, where I've done really well on the brim yeah. um, and how how I, I've been able to I guess really tone in trying to find that big brim Um but yeah, that that's again that's another thing that I really enjoy about brim fishing is just trying to find the biggest one. <laughs> yeah. I I can totally understand that. All right, now let's move on and talk uh, just a little bit about gear. I mean, we sort of I mean, most brim anglers sort of know you know what we're talking about when it comes to the sorts of line classes and all that. Mm. So we'll just be you know brief with this. Um in regards to gear, um so I twenty five hundred size reel uh, or a two thousand size reel. Um, I'm not. Uh, I would. I would buy a one thousand size reel. I've been looking to really want to buy a one thousand size reel, um, but um, the 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 gear that I've got is two thousand and twenty five hundred. Um, I like to really cover all bases. I don't know if it's just me being the overthinker that I am, but. Um, 
I like to take out, I guess, five combos with me. So I've got two plastics rods. Um, I've got uh, no three plastics rods. I've got uh, two long ones just for really long casting, um, seven foot six on both of those. I've got a six foot ten Gen Black one to three kilo. Um, that's primarily for like intimate style. So like if I'm using a plastic, um, yeah, within the mangroves and I'm skip casting um, or I'm doing something like that, then I'll use that. Um, I've also got myself a hard body rod. So uh, seven foot six in feet, um, just the cheaper version. Honestly, I prefer the taper, the slow taper and the just the seven foot six, just everything about it. It's really good. Uh, works for me. Um, uh, and a, um, I've also got a six foot eight, um, real slow taper rod as well. So that's for like throwing down cranker crabs, uh, at boat holes, um, or, um, whether I'm chucking, um, uh, like the muss as well, anything with like a treble that's super close to me, then I can yeah. chuck it down and, and not be afraid of pulling hooks. So, um, in regards to reels, uh, the only thing that I would that I've ever really changed within the reels that, that that's been super specific for me was um, uh, my Infeet X. I think it's Infeet X reel, the two thousand size. It's got a it's a four point eight ratio. Um, yep. So I've put that on my Infeet and I've loaded it up with three pounds straight through fluoro uh, Unitaker, and um, primarily it's just for slow rolling. Uh, cranks um, and just getting out little little small hard bodies and just kind of just uh, getting distance on them and then yeah so as I said with a 4.8 ratio just super slow retrieve uh, that really that really helps me fish that uh, that little uh, crankbait just that extra bit slower and um, and put it right in their face for a bit longer what about lines and leaders um I actually, so a lot of my line, I was using 0.4, PE 0.4, which was probably about eight and a half pound, uh, eight to eight and a half pound uh, breaking strain. Um, though I've just recently changed all of my rods over uh, besides my straight through fluoro yep. combo uh, to PE 0.6, um, Varavas, so casting braid, it's a light blue, it's a bit darker than your J-Braid Grand, but um, the, the casting on it is really good. Um, all of my stuff, literally, that I, all of my stuff that I get, I get from Complete Angler. So it's one of those things that's like, um, they've been really helpful f- to me as well in regards to not only just in, like the gear, but the information that uh, I, I get out of that, out of those, the boys that work there. Um, Dane, I've mentioned him before, he works there. Uh, but a lot of the gear that all the pretty much all the gear that I get is from from there too. So, uh, Baravas PE point six can't go past it. Probably the best subtle, um, smooth, easy casting, not tying, absolutely perfect. Um, probably the best braid in my opinion that yeah. I've ever used. And and about leaders, I believe you said that you're a very firm thinker in the thought that light matters. Um, uh, sometimes, sometimes, like if I'm, if I'm skip casting into the mangroves, um, I'm not going to whack on three pound. That's just a, that's just a, um, a wish of, uh, 
you know, yeah. being snapped off um, every day of the week. Um, it just comes down to like, yeah, I guess if you can plan your day, you know what system you're going out. It's like, yep, I'm going to do here. I'm going to do here. This is where I'm going. Um, I've got my two big plastic rods. So uh, it's either seven foot six or it's a short rod. Uh, there's nothing in between, like no seven foot, um, seven foot two, nothing like that. It's either long or it's not. Um, so I'm either, I either know where I'm going to go. So I'll tie up my leaders knowing that. So if I go to a bridge, if I go out for the day, I'm not going to tie on a four pound and then rock up to a bridge pylon. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to know exactly where I'm going and I'm going to tie my leaders to, 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 uh, complement that. So if, say if I'm going to Tom Ugly's, uh, bridge, I'll, I'll, I'll put on like eight pound on like my short rod just to put on a crank and grab, yeah. um, and, and, and chuck that down. And cause I know there's heavy structure there. If I'm fishing a, uh, a boat, hole then I'll then I'll probably whack maybe like your four or your five pound leader on um very rarely will I ever have to go to three um I have done and I, I didn't do too bad I mean I got it was because I was struggling with the bite um and I just whacked that on just to get that bite and it really worked for me so I guess always be you know thinking always be thinking and 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 about what's going on around you and if you're not getting the bite change something so and that day was the leader and it come off so awesome yeah jason wilson thank you very much for you know sharing your knowledge and you know come on on the shroom live i think i learned a lot about the botany bay george's river system and i think the listeners and viewers of course because this comes out as a video as well as audio they're, they're absolutely going to love this one. So, I hope so. I, I hope honestly, my my goal in life is to 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 get those um to get those kids out there and to to get them onto fish. Um, and even a, anyone, anyone really, just I listen to I listen to any podcast about any type of fishing and just be a sponge and just take whatever I think is a good theory for me. If you're confident with your fishing, um, then you're gonna you're gonna crack fish every day of the week. So. But thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, not a problem, uh, Jason. So I'm just going to ask you, is there, you know, any supporters that you'd like to thank, you know, just that, that's contributed to, you know, your fishing journey? Um, first and foremost, complete angler. Um, uh, I'm down at Minchinbury, uh, but Minchinbury, Gregory Hills, and the Illawarra store, um, all my gear, uh, is I get from either of those three stores. Um, yes, I still buy it. Um, so, uh, but I work there. Uh, so, shout out to those guys um, and the boys that work there. Um, shout out to the missus for letting me go fishing tomorrow. Thanks, babe. Um, <laughs> shout out to Adrian, uh, the the guy I fish with. Um, we are always going to be. Uh, so we are team complete angler and camping world Minchinbury. Um, but we will always be, uh, known as the Nautic hunts. Um, moving on when it comes down to, um, a lot of my knowledge, I think a big shout out to you, uh, Shroom, because a lot of what you do for the fishing industry is, uh, really good in regards to, getting the, 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 the entry-level kids in and, and showing them how easy it is to go out uh, and, and, and bank fish. 
all they need is a pack of plastics, jigheads, and a combo with some line on it, and you know they're on. Um, bit of understanding uh, and a lot of information goes a far way. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's um, that's pretty much. Oh, beyond the banter as well, I've got to give those guys a shout out. It's a mental health organisation uh, for the lads. Um, just been really, really supportive over the past few weeks. Um, but uh, the things that they do, um, really good guys to chat to. So go give those guys a follow on some social medias as well. Awesome. And uh, yeah, don't forget the those wonderful blokes that got you out of that, you know, that little jam when, you know. Oh, shit. Shouts to, shouts to said Southeast Diesel Specialist. Um, awesome. You know, I definitely got a... Got to shout them a, a case of beer yeah. very soon. Um, how can uh, people get in touch with you? What are what are your socials? My socials. So I have a YouTube channel as well. Um, I started it uh, just before uh, me and my well, my partner fell pregnant with my first baby. Um, so my castaway. It's it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of a funny one. Uh, Type in my castaway on Instagram and follow the link on there because if you type it in on YouTube, you're just going to get a bunch of castaway movie scenes. Um, my last name's my last name's Wilson, so that's why I did my castaway, but I didn't think of it at all. Um, also, I'm on TikTok as the Brim Reaper, so the Brim and then Reaper. Um, so that's me on TikTok if you want to search me up on there. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Shroom will, 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 will put me uh, links in the bio uh, down below. So have a, come over, have a look, message me if you need any questions asked, more than happy to help. Or pop into store, pop into the shop, more than happy to help too. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another podcast, Jason Wilson talking about Botany, George's River Brim. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. You. On the Shroom Live podcast, this is your host, Shroom. Signing out.